0: In the name of God Almighty, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In John's Gospel, the story of Jesus cleansing the temple follows Jesus' receiving of the Holy Spirit in baptism and the calling of his first disciples, and then his performing the miracle of turning water into wine at a wedding in Cana. With the spring festival of Passover growing near, large crowds of Jews were making their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It was common practice that cattle, sheep, and doves were used for burnt offerings in the temple. And because many of the pilgrims had to travel great distances, they could not bring their own animals. So they needed to buy animals once they arrived in Jerusalem. Anyone entering the temple had to pay the temple tax, and it could only be paid in temple currency. Therefore, the sale of animals and the changing of money were necessary elements in the Passover observance in the temple. But it seems that things got out of hand as these vendors encroached inside the temple walls. When Jesus, who made his pilgrimage to honor and worship God, sees this commotion taking place in the Holy Temple, he takes some pretty fierce action. Jesus drives out the livestock with a whip, turns over the tables of the money changers, dumping their coins on the floor. Jesus commands those selling the doves to get those things out of here and to stop making his father's house a marketplace. Now, when I was a young boy, I understood this gospel lesson to be a warning that I needed to behave myself in church, that I needed to be reverent and serious, focus completely on God, because God was present in a special way in church. After all, the church was God's house. I still believe in the importance of being reverent in church. At the same time, Jesus' actions that day were about much more than maintaining proper decorum in a sacred building. And many people find the story of Jesus cleansing the temple uncomfortable to hear. Maybe it's because we don't like to think of Jesus in the way that he's portrayed in the story. He's obviously angry, possibly on the edge of becoming violent, We'd rather hear stories of Jesus being kind, standing up to injustice and performing miracles. Well, the most interesting part of the story occurs when the Jews ask Jesus to show them a sign as to what gives him the authority to claim the temple as his father's house. And the answer that Jesus gives confuses the Jews. He tells them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. We're told then that Jesus is not speaking of the temple building. Jesus is referring to the temple of his own body. What if we were to apply Jesus' metaphor to our own bodies? And to think of our bodies, our entire lives, as, as temples. As houses of God, I wonder what things Jesus would see in our temples that would anger him, moving him to drive those things out of us while he admonished us for our misdoings. We might start by considering the words God spoke in the lesson from Exodus as the Egyptians were given what we know as the Ten Commandments, in particular The first four commandments, the ones that are focused on our relationship with God. The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. So what things or activities or people in our lives are so consuming that we neglect our devotion to God? Where do we find security so complete that we actually find ourselves going to God our only true source of security, as an afterthought, a place to turn when all else fails. And then we hear, you shall not make for yourself an idol. And that commandment goes hand in hand with the first one. Anything, anything can become an idol when it supersedes the message of God. We can even make church buildings and the things inside them into idols when they become more than simply tools to carry out God's mission for his church. And then we hear, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. And we've all done that one time or another. Even in today's vernacular, the phrase, oh my God, is thrown around when there's no reference to the almighty creator of heaven and earth. And we've gotten so lazy, we've broken that down into an acronym, O-M-G. And then we hear, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now the point here has less to do with a day of the week than with a state of being conscious to God's presence and power. Do we give God his due time in prayer and in worship and just being alone with God? We need to make time in our lives for the holy. And you've heard me say this type of thing up here before. And Sunday morning worship together here in the church or connected electronically is a wonderful expression of making holy time in our lives and, and these things that en- are things that enable and empower us to work toward making every other minute of the week holy as well. These first four commandments Focus on our love of God. The other six commandments are directed at our love for others. And so I'll go ahead and make my confession. I've I've fallen short on keeping these commandments. I've not always weighed my own desires against God's purposes for me. And prayer time has been neglected at times. Because I felt that I was too busy with either my work or my own leisure time. There's no doubt in my mind that Jesus could find plenty of things in this temple called Brad St. Romain that he would want to drive out. And so would I. And maybe some of you feel the same way about yourselves at times. Something struck me on reading this particular gospel this time around. Jesus is referring to the rebuilding of his body, his temple, in three days got me to pondering what it would mean for me to rebuild the temple of my body in three days. In other words, what things could I change about myself over a span of three days? How might I cleanse this temple of the things that I know that Jesus would object to in order to rebuild it into something holy in the sight of God? Over three days, what might I discover in working to strengthen my relationship with God? What might I discover in seeking to love others in the light of God's love for me? Three days. Just three days amidst 40 days in Lent. And just three days amidst a lifetime of days. Maybe I could start with prayer, you know, placing myself in God's presence as I seek his divine guidance. And by prayer, I mean delving into the Bible and considering how God's word is speaking to me. Perhaps the next thing would be to address some practical matters. Maybe I could go into my closet and remove all of the clothes that I'll probably never wear again and give it to someone who needs it. And that really shouldn't take much time in my three days of rebuilding, should it? Maybe I could write a note to my aunt, who I haven't seen in years. And while I'm at it, maybe I could call my nephew, who's going through a difficult time. Three days would surely be plenty of time for me to let those I love know that I care about them. If I'm serious... I'm serious about dying to myself in order to be rebuilt more closely in the image of Christ, it would make sense for me to review what I'm doing with all of the things that God has trusted me with, not, not the least of which is money. Am I keeping too much to myself? If Jesus were to show up in my temple and see me counting my money, or I should say God's money, Would he be pleased? Or would Jesus turn over my counting table in frustration that after all he taught me about the meaning and purpose of his suffering and death, that I still didn't get it? When I think of reordering my life to more closely resemble the life to which God has called me as one of his own, it seems overwhelming. But if I consider just those things that I can do in three days by focusing on God, well, then it becomes not so daunting because whatever I can accomplish towards rebuilding myself in three days will surely strengthen me to continue that rebuilding process, a process that is meant to never, ever end. You know, Jesus brought salvation to an entire world in three days. How can we respond to that act of unparalleled love and self-sacrifice in just three days? I'm sure we can find a way if we take but three days, just three days, as we begin to rebuild these holy temples in which God has placed us.